Hello and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast. What is up and welcome back to another episode of the Bull Mountain Brothers. How are we guys? You really put your whole life in it. Just, you did. That was like Whoa, every bit. Like, yeah. That was a head snap. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the knuckles on that one. That uh, was pretty good. Well, I mean. I saw your hair flow. This is this is 31 times I've done this now. Yeah, well, I mean, true. okay. I think. That's not true. <laughs> uh, two or three times was me and Sean. Probably 300 times times 31, but 31 as far as the listener. The first two <laughs> the first two episodes was about 25 minutes of Riley trying to get the intro down. But here we are now. Can we know. talk about how... Um, Where is this going to go? Well, I, on our last podcast, we talked about how we were out putting out cameras, but what we didn't talk about is how that's going to be the first episode of B&B Outdoors, mm-hmm. B&B Outdoors yeah. vlog series. That's not entirely true. How do you figure? I have a turkey hunt that I still have to do. Well, that's not going to be a vlog. That, that's what different. Oh, the vlog, the series. vlog series. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. What, what what did you think about doing that, Sean? Compared to what what do you think about becoming a YouTuber compared to podcast host? Yeah, uh, I think they're kind of one and the same. I, I think uh, the the vlog style is. Yeah, I had some constructive criticism to give Riley last night, and he was just not having it. Well, he said that if you're going to walk down the, the trail, you need to get the fucking camera off the, the ground. He's pointed at the ground for like six of the ten minutes. That's not even remotely true. <laughs> when he's like, the camera's moving around so much because he's slapping the deer flies off of it. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> he came up out of that, that little creek bottom so mad. Oh, that was funny. Did you watch the video that I had from up there? Uh-uh. I was literally like slapping him. But anyways... It's not that my, the camera was pointed. Through. I was trying to get the audience the feel of what I was doing, and it was showing the trail that I was walking along. Well, they really know what your boots look like. We had a. They weren't even boots. They, they were, were tennis Ram- shoes. Ramsey yeah. and I were rocking straight tennis shoes. We had a the the three inch <laughs> came back in a, one of his beginnings because he's sitting up on the hill and I'm standing next to him. He's like, "How do I want to start this?" He goes, "You know what? I'm just gonna go into it." Start saying a couple words, and I was like, God damn it, that was terrible. Fuck. All right, let's redo this. Went for it again. Same thing. I'm like, oh my. <laughs> intros are not there. your thing, but they are your thing. What are intros? Not, but they are. I don't. Like, once I get them down, I can get them down, but it was interesting like, to what's, say that. What's like, that, family guy? Like, what's up, guys? Uh, it's me, your boy, Corey. <laughs> Ever seen that? No. No. The vlogger? No, never no. seen that. I got to show you guys that. Then it's funnier than hell. Well, I basing everything off I do of all the fishing videos that I watch. Oh, and so like I think I have a pretty good idea. Yeah, but what I like maybe go with just your own thing. What do you mean? See, that's why I'm out on the whole yeah. whole thing. What do you mean? I know you watch a lot of fishing videos because you listened to them for two hours this morning. What do you mean about my own thing? Well, don't base what you do off everybody else. Oh, I get what you're saying. Jesus no. Christ, and these slow folks. No, I mean, like, I was trying not to do exactly what they did. I was just trying to get, like, a gist of, like, I know the camera angles and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> you okay? <laughs> that coffee went down the wrong pipe. This is like a reality show, boys. <laughs> it is pretty interesting. You know, it? we're actually talking shit less on each other, I'm thinking this, in the beginning of this. I would like to talk some more shit about... How there's only two members of the company wearing our well, there's three hats. Well, yeah, but he's wearing a shirt. Riley's over there, shirt. absolutely not even repping the company at all. That's because I sold all my gear. Oh, you did? Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah, even even our guest is up. Oh no, he changed too. It's all right. Well, you asked me back. I mean, you don't want me to do the same thing, do you? Nah, that's a fair point. That's true. And he's rocking. Are you rocking a two legged hat over there too? Yes. Yeah. Oh heck yeah! That's, a nice that's even one of the ones with the. Uh, the Light. flashlight built into yeah, it. You bet. Did that you guys is, ever have two-legged shirts like that? Yeah. You did? Mm, I would rock that. Yeah, I would absolutely. Um, would. You know that's Warren's favorite hat? I know it. He wears it all the time. But you got to change batteries in it or the light goes dead. Yeah. yeah that's, that's kind of a bummer. But. And it used to be cheaper to just buy the hat than it was the batteries. But once you put your logo on there, you're kind of, <laughs> kind of stuck buying batteries. That is a really good idea to put the headlamp on the... Yeah, I mean, how long that. ago did that come out? Years oh, ago. Ten years ago. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, saved our butts a couple times. Are those LED? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that, that when I rolled the Ranger years ago, that's how Rick found me. That the only light I had was my. Oh, I mean, are they pretty bright? Like they? Yeah, they could see me from two miles away. Oh wow! Have you ever told the story about rolling the Ranger? I don't think he has <clears throat> on here. No. Do you want to? Maybe on the next one. On the next one, he's not interested. Hmm. We get some pretty funny stories in Rangers, I think. Oh. Oh yeah. Well, the old ones broke down all the time. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was it was uh, CBC. Jones. It was Matt's more than it was oh, yours, yeah. though. Yeah, Matt's a little wild on his. Huh? That's because you drove it all the goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Seventeen thousand miles. How many did you put on Matt? Like seventeen hundred. <laughs> okay, I don't know about that. Yeah. You know, I did the uh, my first hunt out there was out of the uh, twelve, the tan one. Yeah, yours. Well, was, when you got twenty three thousand miles on one, I guess they are prone to you know breaking down. Yeah, that one was probably brand new when you were out there. <laughs> it was. It, he brought it in for some service work or something because we hauled it out that day. <laughs> probably the train. How many times did the fan go out in your twenty one? Twice. Uh, Twice now. Yeah. Once. Once wasn't exactly a. That was when the was it the shock that went yeah, through the shock yeah. broke it out. Had a, had another customer the other day that had the same problem. And what was wrong with it the second when we were all up there? What Full of mud. It was full of mud when I stuck Dave's fucking ranger down on the biggest mud hole in the whole ranch. <laughs> My ranger? <laughs> yeah, buried that goddamn thing. Buried so I can't that open the door. Now that it's out in the open. Yeah, now I find out. Um, <laughs> deep enough that uh, before we had opened any of the doors, it was good in there. And then as soon as you opened the doors, it oozed. I didn't know it was My ranger. Well... It Mine was. broke down. Really, yeah, it broke down. <laughs> that was a that was a fun. I mean, that how many hours was it? Oh, uh, we spent three hours on that. It's supposed to be a quick little run over, shoot a turkey, come back. Yeah, it was. We went over, fun, fine, came back, and that thing sunk. Holy shit! Did it she sink? Yeah, that was. But a... I'll tell you what, that winch is impressive. <laughs> well, we had, so that, said, well, we had to go off two trees. We kept. We tried to pick from one point, and we kept the rope kept going. So and we went around a bush, and it held. The bush. Well, we went. I had to go around the bush like four times so the rope wouldn't break. Well, it was it was a willow. Well, we had to we had to triple that rope back through around the bush to at the same length, obviously, to try and get enough tension. But yeah, it was. And and you had no traction the entire time. No, that winch centered. that winch pulled you out the entire way. Yeah. And uh, Dylan lost his socks. Yep. Riley and almost lost, lost the boot. That was the most miserable. Who lost the boot? Right. Well, right. he almost Dylan lost did, too. Dylan, no, no, he had to dig your boot out with his hands. Yeah, Dylan yeah. had to come over, and he he was a hardcore. He's an old farmer. He was the one that won their turkey hunt. And uh, he was over digging out my boot in the mud with his hands. And then it, it was went, like that quicksand stuff. Uh, you know, you guys should document this stuff at camp. Oh, so I know it's like oh, it's all we did. We have video. I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to find it. <laughs> Good thing we threw that rope in. Oh fuck! Could you imagine if we didn't have that rope? No, in? we just walked up to the house and got the tractor and chain. That would have been brutal. Yeah, we were a ways. You just know Harry sat in his house watching us the whole time. <laughs> Harry or Wales, and you do have radios, you know. You wanted to put that in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better. But, uh, I'll I'll snip it into the video. Yeah, we we'll actually have, have that, we have the actual film of it, not just a video. I don't have any audio though. No, you probably didn't want that. No, no. Uh, Matt, Matt, no, it's pretty calm. Matt was the smartest one though. He didn't leave the ranger. <laughs> he stayed in the ranger the whole time. Oh uh, yeah, try this. Yeah, I was yeah. surprised he never got mad. His well, dad's ranger. Why would he? <laughs> <laughs> Paybacks are a bitch, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, he was just in there just like, I think he was contemplating whether he thought he was fucked or not. And then... I just didn't want to go, if Harry had already seen me, I didn't want to go and let him know what I'd done. Yeah. Well, and like I was telling them, I was like, you know, being around ATVs my whole life, like I know when you're stuck to a point where you have to give up and be like, yeah, we need something bigger to tow us out. And that I was, I could not believe that we got out. I'm pretty... I MacGyvered the hell out of that. We put a lot of trees underneath them tires, though. Yeah, we did. And it was the thing, actually, the one of them was holding us up. Because mm -hmm. you got moving, 
and you went over two of them and then the or three of them and then the one on the driver's side it was holding you up and you couldn't yeah. climb it climb it and then i think dylan ran over there and pushed it down and then you gunned it and finally got on yeah. top of it and came out and, and with your skill in driving you were smart enough never to let off wasn't my belt <laughs> <laughs> no i i guarantee you that's what saved the belt oh no i know it did because it's like People in snow, I watch them, they'll drive, and then they'll get stuck, and they'll spin the tires, and then they'll let off the throttle, and then the tires will stop instantly, and that belt in there, you know, it just gets We got out because we had five people. No, only four of us were... were, were I know. Our three of, the brakes behind the operation telling you guys what to do. No. There was only three of us. <clears throat> what? No, Dylan was, oh, Dylan, Dylan was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then immediately, as soon as we got out, went to the yard and you'd argue washed with a that fucking apple. Up. If an apple was in your hand, you'd still say it was a fucking orange. Yeah, I know. Jesus, innocent until proven guilty. That was a fun clean out too, wasn't it? We did wash it out right away. We had to, and that's when whales came down the hill, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, where exactly was this at, guys? Uh, it's right by the old haystack crossing the creek right there. Oh, you want to run that little island? Well, that was stupid. <laughs> no, we got over there plumb fine. Yeah, just going well, over Well, he there. just decided not to go back the way we came. Yeah, he's well, like, yeah. let's take the 10-foot wide spot that we made it clear across, and let's try the 30-foot spot this time. I mean, he hit that thing. I thought we were going to make it, and it was like... It's <laughs> like that one part of his brain, just like the... Who wants to see the devil tonight or whatever? Yeah. Where he just sent Who wants to dance with the devil? Because he was yeah. going back to where we were, and then all of a sudden it was a sharp left. And like, no, I can make this. <laughs> yeah. No, we can't. What's my saying, Jean? Uh, don't underestimate. Uh, Undermestimate? Is that what I said? Underestimate. Oh, underestimate God. stupid people in large groups. No, don't underestimate the power of stupid people in large groups. Yeah. You're we got out with no help but ourselves. You sure didn't think we were getting out. There. I didn't. Thank God for that winch. I didn't. I was just trying to figure out how much chain I had to have to get to the tractor so the tractor didn't have to come down the hill. Oh, yeah, you were. I think we would have had to come down that hill because, I mean, you that we had. Well, that, the only way we could have done it was come down the hill, take the bucket of the tractor, lift the ranger up in the air, and then pull it. I mean, that cottonwood was how far away that we were trying to pick off of. 100 feet. Yeah. Yeah, all easily. feet. No, I don't have that quad anymore, do I? Yeah, you do. Uh, the same one? It's, it's the one that's It was out. the newest one. It might be the one that's outside right now. It is. It says Trapper Dave on it. Yeah. You sure? Wasn't it the brand new one? No. 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 It was Trapper Dave because it had the rack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a... That ended our turkey hunt that night pretty fast. <laughs> I know, but man, we were on the turkey though. Yeah, we were. Oh, yeah. There was a ton of them over on that little island. Like, <laughs> probably 40 or 50 of them. Oh, yeah. Why did you just call them across the island, boys? Well, because they saw us. They weren't really responding yet to calls. They weren't well, we were going over there to call. Yeah. And then Matt. Because we didn't want to walk across the No, and then Sean missed. Yep, that's yeah. exactly what it was. I did miss, yeah. Wow. So we can blame this whole thing on Sean then. <laughs> yep, he was late to the show. No, that time we weren't late. Well, was I, late technically I was late. <laughs> In the, well, in and then the, Ramsey dumped the cooler out of the back of the Ranger. You were also in the Ranger. That's part of your responsibility. At camp. They get they get all the way down to the Green Gate, and I'm like, dude, where's the cooler? And Ramsey's like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm like, no, seriously, where the fuck's the cooler? It wasn't the cooler. Oh, yeah, it was. It was the cooler and all the mics. Oh, I yeah. thought it was just the mics. We dumped all the podcast equipment because our yeah, back seat I'll was so. I'll tell you exactly where it was. You know the big hill right out of camp before where you that take water takes that? Yeah. It we was, had so much stuff in the back seat that we couldn't see. and Yeah, our sleeping bags and everything. We had to have Matt's, Matt's freaking valet. Ten, ten person. Didn't we do that right after that or something? We oh, yeah, and then Riley did it on the way in, too, with his pickup to get yeah. Matt's Ranger. No, no, it came off the uh, trailer. trailer. It flew off the trailer, yeah. Cooler did. And, of course, we're not going to make the guys in the truck and trailer go back and get it, so we... And they didn't lose it, like... Halfway, as they lost it right at oh, the hill there was, of the Green Gate. There was and there was water bottles everywhere. Uh, Somebody should have been behind you filming all this. Yeah, Nobody would believe it. Well, and you know, the funny part was is the the podcast gear on the time that we did it with the Ranger. Stayed. And it was, it was only like 
five, six hundred yards from the green gate. But the cooler was nowhere to be found. We're like, oh, it's going to be right here. It's going to be right here. It was on that first or that second turn out of camp. Yep. No, we found the cooler first. The podcast stuff. Was oh, the stuff so that it was, was vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The expensive. Literally. And we were like. <sighs> and it was just sitting there perfectly upright, just right in the middle of the road. Yeah. Everything unscathed. It was a. That was a little bit. <laughs> that was a weekend. That was annoying. Oof. Yeah, you're telling me. Well, and then of course we ran out of wiper fluid in the Ranger. Oh yeah, so we had to throw snow on it because it was that yeah. you know that first weekend when it snowed a foot before we came out there. It snowed every weekend, boys. Did it? There was almost no turkey hunting out off the snow. Oh yeah, it was so crunchy <clears throat> that last week maybe. Oh, but all them turkey that were up on top though, holy moly! Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because I mean I've been out there. Did you tell us times. like uh, not too long ago there like the turkeys had a, something what happened and they like got they like, died and yeah you know out at the <laughs> ranch there shoot we probably had fifteen hundred turkeys out there and then all of a sudden they got that uh, bird disease and they, I mean to tell you what it wiped them out wow I mean they, we didn't hunt turkeys for about five six years really? I think the first turkey we seen was the one Rick shot over yeah. on the other ranch and then uh, they started coming back and they're doing well they, oh hell we've got I don't know several hundred out there again now quite a few well and that that weekend that i think that was when you shot your bear at that yep because you were down kind of on the flats with those clients and you weren't seeing too many turkeys right no they're all on top yeah and then when we got back to skin that bear you were like oh go you know take them up top there's quite a few and then because then we try breaking trail first up there and something happened to the first ranger or something that'll happen no Everything went good with the ranger until we went to the north side of the ranch. That's right. That's right. You guys wanted to go see the pictograph or the writing on the wall. Every turkey I was involved with this year was shot above camp except for Dylan's. Did, did you ever hear about the story of my turkey? No, I don't think so. <laughs> this is, this you missed too? No. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I was a camera guy, right? You know, I had all my stuff on. Well, Sean and, uh, and Matt... We're going to try to go get one. He wanted to shoot one with his bow. So they walked way around the corner. And I was sitting there, and I grabbed the shotgun, and I put it over my shoulder. I'm sitting there. And they're away. They're about 150 yards away. And here come the turkeys 20 yards in front of me. We were calling out of Matt and I. So I grabbed the shotgun, and I shoot it. And they didn't even know what happened until they got back, and I was holding the turkey. (laughs) Then where the hell did you guys go? They're all right here. Uh, strange things happen. Oh yeah, that was a good Tom. Yeah, Sean did. Sean had the shot of the the weekend though. Yeah, shot shot it, out, shot shot it in midair. Like, like he flushed it like a pheasant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he couldn't figure out where it was. Right. So he kept walking towards, and all of a sudden, it blew out in front of him. Mm-hmm. Shot it right in the air. Well, because we jumped it, and then it took off, and then <clears throat> sat back down, tried to refind it, and it was like, oh, here I am. Yeah, good times. Dylan's was a, that was like a textbook stock on a turkey, I think. Oh, yeah. Dylan's, that was awesome. Oh, I, yeah, it was amazing. If I'd have had a better lens, that would have been such a cool video. It was a real Cinderella story with him and Matt. I think what we keep learning, though, is like we're too much hunters to like to film sometimes because we almost like, need just the actual guy that does nothing but film. Yeah, you know. Because I was like the same thing. That's what Ramsey's complaint to me was like yes, the other day with the with the vlog thing was Yesterday. like. Yesterday. Yeah. Whatever day it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, was just like the camera, the camera angles and stuff at the ground and whatnot. And it's like you get caught up just look trying to look off the camera. Well, that's like when we jumped that bowl that we can put in cameras out. It was like. If we'd had a GoPro strapped on the front of the Ranger, we'd have caught that whole thing. But it's, I mean, it happened so fast. It's not like one of us pulling our phones up is even going to get it. Which sucks because that's like the coolest thing that people want to see in the video is like the the big bull and the mule deer that we saw. Other than that, it's just us putting up cameras. And we did not have enough time. um, As far as filming goes, Dave, have you done very much filming hunts? Oh, did a few. Did some for uh, birds. uh, And then without, with, Walmart Outdoor, we did a deer hunt with them, too. It was a lot of fun. You do a, did a turkey hunt, too, didn't you? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, we did that with uh, Walmart Outdoors and had Drake's Migrations come down. We did a waterfowl hunt with them. That was a good time. So was that a client for the the Walmart deer hunt? Was that like a client you had? or did uh, they There was a guy that, that uh, was doing it for Walmart Outdoors, and he was after mule deer, and we ended up shooting a big old monster whitetail instead. I said, it don't look like a mule deer, but it'll work. <laughs> and then they had so many turkey that nobody shot them because they had turkey coming on both sides of the camera guy. And Dave gets up there, he's like, God damn, why didn't you guys shoot a turkey? And they were like, we've never seen turkey like this before, ever. So I go back down. I say, hey, I'm going to take a walk back down here. And I said, I'm going to come back, walk back up through. And I said, we'll have turkeys right in front of us. I had turkeys in front of me. I had turkeys on the side of me. Like I had turkeys behind me. I had turkeys flying over the top of me. They get out there, and nobody's fired a shot again. I said, what the heck? They said, oh, my God. And this big old tom flies up and lands in a tree right above us. And I said, well, there they are, boys. We'll get roll the camera. He says, well, it ain't ethical to shoot one out of a tree. Ain't ethical to shoot one on the ground either, but we do it. So it was fall. It was a fall hunt. It was in the fall, yeah. So I said, well, we'll come back here tomorrow, but that's it. And then they shot their turkeys in the morning. That's crazy. That was before they all died off then? Yeah. That, that was... That turkey hunt we did was epic. I mean, we could literally pull the ranger up to a spot, kind of glass this big canyon, and we would, I mean, mouth call, and we would find him. Yeah. It seemed like you couldn't miss. Of course, and then (laughs) we did bring this up on the turkey hunt podcast, but when, when Riley ate shit, Coming out when after you, you got stuck in the snow. Oh, that's where I got stuck. Was down on Whitetail Flats. Yeah, in the snow. When we came down that hill and buried the ranger. Yeah, (laughs) thought about that. And then Riley was must have got out. Yeah, you you guys hooked up to me and pulled me up to the hill. Oh, that's right. And then he and then he got it unstuck, and I was coming back down to the unstuck. Riley had a yard sale. Yeah, he had a weird instance of I'm gonna jump over this drift right now jumped and just like a, right like a sniper shot i mean just took him to his knees and then he lost his mouth call <laughs> lost his diaphragm didn't you do a somersault yeah, probably you yard sailed everything out yeah. of your pockets somersault front flip whatever you want i didn't lose, i didn't lose a sweet nasty though I was no there was a lot of falling down on that for some reason we almost should get sweet and nasty to sponsor us that's the best call out there it is a good one. It works. It does. Did you teach yourself how to call? No, just listen to them. Them as in the just animals? Just imitate the turkeys. Hmm. Tell you what. I can't say I did that. Alan Taylor all, can all use YouTube a mouth videos. call. Like, he's a god. Really? You well, remember, remember when he came up to the shop and he was, like, trying to tell you how to do it? Oh, do, like, a pops. And he does all the pops. And oh, yeah. Alan's good. There he's good. Oh, see, and, it, like... Like elk diaphragms, like I'm not, I'm not a. I can't a do a mouth mouth elk call. I can't do a mouth call either. I choke on them. Well, and like I'm not a master, but I'm not, I'm not terrible at it. And then I go throw a turkey diaphragm in, and it, I sound like a something's dying. I'm like I can't get the tone right. I don't There's know. There's a different tongue place. Right? Yeah, it's. But it's the crazy hard. thing, like at our where where we hunt at, you know, we have a lot of people that bring mouth calls and. I'll tell you what, that Uchi Mama is the only thing that you really get calls back. I oh, mean, I consistently. Yeah. So are they very, t- like, do you guys bugle at them a lot? Uh, no. 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 If you bugle, a lot of times when you bugle, you'll shut them down. Well, I have that I have that new aluminum tube. And for the first couple of days of the rut this year, I'm going to absolutely rip the shit out of it and see if it works at all because. It sounds so good. It sounds so good. And I guess you guys probably have an archery hunted Narnia enough to know if they talk too much, right? Well, the one time I did it, the bull just looked at us and walked away. I so. mean, and a season. I guess you can't really. <laughs> I think I think we go in it pretty conservative. You can try it. It's all, I mean, what's the worst thing that happens? The elk go away and then you got to hunt tomorrow. That's like the spot up west that we go to. It's like you can't scream at them or else. Unless it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you forgot your camo and have to drive all the way back to Billings. Yeah. I, think, I think it's just all on like what day you catch them because... Like, it'd be the same thing with mountain elk, too, like, where I feel like where you guys go, like, they're not very vocal at all. Do you feel the elk out there where you hunt at, Dave, are different than the elk, like, up around Gardner? Oh, yeah. As far as calling? Yeah. Yeah, these elk, they'll answer pretty good. And usually get them, I've had them in within 15 feet. 
Well, it? we've had it so close where we've had that have a client. Remember that old man when he had to stab him with his oh yeah with his arrow in the nose. Bull. He said, "What are we gonna do?" I said, "Well, poke him in the nose with an arrow. Get him away from us." <laughs> <laughs> so he poked him. And, it was just a raghorn bull, right? But he wanted a. He, we seen a four hundred class bull, and he just knew he was going to kill a four and a half. You know that four hundred class bull, and we were passing up some three sixty, three seventy bulls, and he just knew, but. 82 years old. And so finally asked me, so how many animals have you killed with your bow? He said, well, I killed a spike bull once and a deer. And I said, you're passing, you're 82 years old and you're passing these big bulls up? <laughs> this is crazy. And he didn't get a bull. Oh, he was a who? He didn't want to leave camp? No. We come back here for supper one other. Well, heck, we take shower and everything. And So about 10 o'clock, Matt says, I think he wants to go back. So I said, you know what? We ought to just go back to camp. You know, be there early in the morning instead of driving back. Boy, he was, that was, he was happy. He was ready to go back. But it was, it was a good hunt. We had a good time. Yeah, I've always thought it was, is interesting out there on like how the elk habits are because like you would really think that the elk don't have that much pressure realistically being a private spot. But I just wonder if the elk move so much throughout every property on that river that Oh, they move an awful lot, yeah. Because, like, the theory I would think would be if they're um, if they're not pressured very often that they would be way more in tune to getting called in. But uh, not really. I mean, they they just they're, they're just back and forth. They travel quite a bit. I mean, you, sometimes you'll see twenty heads. You might see forty or fifty. Right. It just depends. Then all of a sudden, they just plumb disappear. Just elk doing elk things. Yeah, yes. classic elk stuff. What does Riley always say? Or is that Ramsey? They turn into burrowing creatures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm fully convinced that elk and deer burrow into the ground. when. Oh, they do. The ground just covers them up. <laughs> and you can watch a couple hundred head of deer come out of those hay fields and get back up in them draws. <laughs> and they think, oh, this is going to be duck soup. I said, just wait till you get up there. Now get up there. You find one of them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you got to really look close because they just burrow themselves down in. But they're there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we we're right at our breaking yeah. ad read point. So we're going to take a quick break and let you hear a word from our sponsors. I just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors, F&H Contracting and Fence, located in Billings, Montana. If you're looking to spruce up your yard or want a little more privacy for them summer backyard barbecues, or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired, Contact our friends at FNH Contracting and Fence by texting 406-661-7484. From front yards to farmyards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action. And welcome back. What's up? Oh, Sean, I want you to tell me a hunting story. A hunting story? One that we've never heard. One that we weren't there. He's really gonna have to go back. And we're gonna start this. off. This is this is how we're gonna finish up. Um, also, we didn't even talk about it. Welcome back to the part two of Dave Schaff, Trapper Dave, um, to finish off this series and uh, the episodes with Dave here. We're just gonna have a story off. So, Sean, you're gonna start us with a story. If anyone at any point has any available time, they can. Put their two bits in or start their own story let's do it and we're just going to tell stories until until we can't anymore okay so sean <clears throat> let's see here um western side of the state <clears throat> went up uh rifle uh elk hunting Basically, you park off of a highway and you just walk straight up for four and a half miles and then you can start hunting as far as you want. The terrain is just a bunch of rolling mountains, but it creates one big bowl and there's highways that circle that whole thing. So the elk either on one side or the other. So we went up there and it's kind of tricky how they have the region set up because there's basically a fork where the three regions connect Two of the regions you can shoot brow tine only, no cows. One region you can shoot only cows. So you kind of got to know the area and watch Onyx. And basically, 
we got to this ridge about lunchtime, probably like five miles from the pickup. We sat down and ate, and uh, we didn't see any sign or anything, so we started a little fire while we were eating. And we were sitting there, and I'd, I had happened to pick my binos up, and I was a glassing across the other ridge. And there was a pff, raghorn four laying down across the ridge. And at this time, I didn't have that big of binos, so you couldn't really make out exactly if it was or not. So I asked my buddy, I said, hey, pull the spotting scope up. Pulls it up. Sure, shit's a Raghorn 4. And we're looking at it, and it's like, we could get there probably tomorrow. But he's going to be, you know, in, on the next mountain. And as we're sitting there talking, the one buddy that's just sitting there eating, not doing anything on his own, starts whispering at us and flailing his hands around like crazy. About uh, 70 cows had worked their way up the mountain right next to us at probably 100 yards. <laughs> and they didn't know we were there, and we were eating, and so we quickly put the fire out, and we we can't shoot cows in this region. If we were 500 yards west, we could have shot one of those cows exactly where they came from. And so we're like, oh, you know, there's going to be a bull in the mix of them. I mean, even, even a raghorn or anything. And so me and one of my buddies ran up around them because they basically came down this face that it flattened out and kind of like a like a meadow, but there was all these boulders that we couldn't see the rest. So it was just one at a time they'd come out and we could see them. The other buddy set up on the rocks, had a perfect 200-yard shot. The whole time we were sitting there waiting, waiting for a bull to come out. The first group of four or five cows that came out, one of the calves had worked their way up the mountain towards us. And I happened to look down because I'm sitting there basically just staring at the cows coming this way. And I happened to look down. Well, that, that calf was probably 15 feet from us in those rocks. And my buddy above me had no idea. And so I basically turned around and I looked at him and I was just like doing this. And I have a video on my phone of just this. All you can see is the ass of this calf 15, 20 feet from us. And we were sitting there and bull never came out. And happened to pack up and started went down the hill. And we saw a guy go in before us on the mountain over. Heard a gunshot around lunchtime. And right when we were coming up the hill in the pickup, he was dragging meat back. So we hopped out, and he happened to only shoot it like two miles from the pickup, and it was dark. So we hopped out and gave him a hand and hiked back in with him and got his whole bull out for him. Oh, nice. And then came, and then, you know, we sat around and had a congratulatory, that's not a word, had a... Congratulatory? Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> uh, beer with him for, you know, because he shot a bull and... Yeah, that was just a was just a good time. I'd totally go back to that spot. I mean, there's nice. You just pick a mountain and you're gonna run into them. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of boot time, but yeah. it's worth it. Did you do much uh, high mountain elk hunting ever uh, in your early days? No, not really. A couple times, but uh, not really. I think he shot up there as a moose, and that was a three mile pack out. Cut him up in eight pieces. I had one yeah. horn. <laughs> Yep, blew, hit the ground and never did find the other horn. Really? Nope, never did. Just popped the horn. We looked and looked and looked, never did find that other horn. Hmm. And that's your only moose you've ever gotten? Yeah. And it was in Montana? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's a mountain elk hunting is, because that's what I grew up doing. Well, not grew up, but what I started doing when I hunted. And then I came over here and it was like. Trial by fire. You know. <laughs> Riley's <laughs> whole elk on the cornfields i'm like remember these see elk on the next mountain and you got to go find them yeah we're kind of lucky where we're at it is nice i mean it's yeah. and it's not like it's any easier no it's but still it's accessible elk on, exactly yeah i bet you can count how many times you've or you can't count how many times you've had to do miles and miles of either tracking blood or stuff yeah, at times most of the time though we get you know pretty close and they don't go very far now, last year when we was uh, we were sitting up there during archery season and uh, watching a bunch of elk coming out of the hay fields and stuff, and there might be me forty or so, and and this cow and calf would we was way up on a ridge. I mean, we'd way too far to even think about hunting them. We just watching them, and this cow and calf would come running up to the bottom of this canyon we was at, and then turn around, run back, and then turn around, come back again. I'm like, God, that's kind of crazy. 
And I got to looking around, looked down below us about 100 yards, got a big old mountain lion laying there watching all these elk. And these, apparently this cow and calf must have smelt that lion. And they finally went back down. Then when the elk went back up in the timber and everything, then the old lion got up and wandered off to where those were at. Wow. And he did get a calf. Hmm. See, that's a, for me, I've, I've never had the experience of seeing a mountain lion out in the just out moving around. Oh, this was a big old Tom. It was a big cat. The worst thing out there at the ranch is when there's snow on the ground, you hike for an hour to get up on top and you don't see much of nothing or anything at all. And you're coming back and you got lion tracks right in your footsteps mm-hmm. following you up the mountain. That's gets you a little larry. We used to have that in the Bob too all the time because we'd come in across the river, no tracks. And then when we we're coming back out, there'd be cat tracks right across us. And you know, those things are just watching you from a distance yeah oh heck one evening there pulling cat traps because the cat season was going to be over at 12 o'clock so i just went and checked traps that you know possibly had a cat and it was, i was about 15 miles from camp with four-wheeler and uh had to go up cat knocked it out pulled the trap and i had my lights shining because it was dark and uh all of a sudden my lights aren't shining on me anymore they're off kind of the canyon I thought, what the heck I thought, geez this quad quits me it's pitch black dark man it's a long ways to camp on foot and I had a mountain lion standing in front of my quad, and I wasn't probably 30 or 40 feet from it, and uh, just sat there and watched me. If that cat would have wanted me, there's no way I could have pulled a gun and got that cat before he got me. But he finally just darted off. And I, Whoa. Hmm. It's wild. So that was kind of spooky. Yeah, you're similar. always looking on your back, too, when you're driving out of there, but doing it pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, right. It was a similar story. I was up in the... Uh, just west where we always go up in the mountains and it's me and and garrett who we've talked about before and one of our other buddies and it just snowed that morning and we were walking down this trail and all of a sudden you could see i don't know they're about that big they're cat tracks and they were too big to be a bobcat but too small to be a mountain lion i had come to the conclusion that it was a young real young mountain lion and so we followed the tracks, whatever, and they ended at a tree. And I mean, we stared at that tree for probably a half an hour and never could find, could see where the cat was or whatnot. And so we were like, whatever. And we went on and hunted and we came out the same way. And I'm, I'm guessing mama must've been watching us because down the middle of our tracks where we were following the young lion's tracks were her tracks <laughs> right down our tracks and that. It makes the hair on the back of your yeah. neck stand up pretty good. It's kind of spooky because when you're calling coyotes, you know, I, anymore I lean up a tree, they either have to come around me or way over the top of me because uh, you're calling, shoot, you call them lions in too. So it's kind of spooky. I think we had an instance, remember, when we were uh, up in our western spot when we were hiking around, it's just you and I, and um, I think Landon and his wife were up a ways from us when we were coming around that, to that coulee where uh, – you had uh, an emergency bowel movement go down. Um, <laughs> I think we were in in an area where there was uh, there was a bear in there for sure. I mean, it was just quiet. It stunk, and I mean, we were just like kept looking at each other. It's like this is so eerie. Oh yeah. Like what's? Because I mean that that's the the one thing I remember from. I mean, a grizzly bear smells like death. Like it does. It just. That's how you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they try to well, tell we you. had hunted elk down the river bottom, seen a big bull the night before, and then we get down there and call a little raghorn in and come in just, I mean, come in hard, and then about 100 yards, it just quit. I thought, well, heck, he couldn't see us, couldn't smell us. I don't know what's going on. So I start calling. Matt's up on the hill there, and so we're calling a little bit. He's hollering. He says, the hunt's over. And I thought, what the heck are you doing? We know these elk are in here. And we get out to the deal, and he said, don't you ever look behind you? I said, for what? He said, you had a bear about 100 yards, another were behind him, and three more come out from the other side. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Down on the ridge there. Yeah. Uh, whoa. Nice. Wild. Yeah, I'd say the only mountain lion experience I ever had was we were archery hunting a couple years ago, and that one killed that deer the, right behind The him. deer right behind you guys, yep. <clears throat> That's yep. kind of eerie. Yeah, I did. all I heard was a little bit, but I never heard him kill that deer. I mean, it was done and, no, and nothing would come through the trail either that's a good buck 
those pictures we got off that camera, I mean, there were so many cats going down that trail. Oh, yeah. I don't oh, they yeah, were definitely killing deer in there because those coyotes would come out with, with pieces, pieces of, of deer. How, how could yeah. you explain that to Dave where that was at? He knows right where it's at in the road where Ward got stuck trying to go down through my hole in the ground. Yeah, there was tons. I mean, bobcats, lions. I bet we had 25 pictures of cats, of mountain lions. Yeah, those boys doing pretty good. They, they're, they're hunting them lions for me. I only seen two tracks last fall, which is good. Would there be a problem out there if they weren't cat hunters? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Problem. You can't trap them or anything, so you you know you got to get the guys in with the dogs to get them. And with how much deer is out there, I would say. Yeah, well, they're killing one every week. And then if you disturb their deal, I mean, shoot, they may not come back. They just kill another one. And they're not killing little does. I mean, you guys seen that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, a lot of times those old bucks after the rut, you know, they're off by themselves. <coughs> they ain't got the eyes in there. And the line's pretty pretty easy to get those guys. Didn't you have a similar story of a cat killing a deer at Narnia? Didn't you guys? Because there was oh, that. No, yeah. that was a coyote. Dude, I don't know. That was a severed deer head right so, on one of the gates. I want to hear your opinion on this. So we drove in on a, on a two-track into a spot, and I, we spent – you know, 45, 50 minutes in there and came back out. And in the middle of the road is a severed deer head, like clean. I mean, fresh blood. The blood's not even coagulated, nothing. And the nose was eaten off of it. Do you think that's coyote or do you think that's cat? A cat. No. I have no idea. It, it was it weird. Just, it was fresh. It was within. Like right in the middle. I don't know. The only other thing I can think of is maybe an eagle grabbed it off of a kill. That's that's a heavy load for. But none yeah. of the rest of the deer was no, there. There was nothing else. The there. only thing I mean, all you found was just the head. Yeah. Well, it was just like we had come, went on a trail. There was nothing there. We came back and there was just a it's deer in head. the middle of the two track. In we drove in on forty five minutes. Unless like cat. steaming fresh blood on it. Unless a cat killed something a ways away and a cow picked that head up and took it. I mean. Yeah, but to sever the head, that don't even make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Couldn't tell you what it was. Like it ripped it off from the spine. Yeah, just clean right at that ball joint, right I mean, where it goes into the bear. Spine. Maybe huh? you have seen black bear out there. Yeah, we've oh, yeah. seen black bear out there. Yeah, possibility. There was a a lot of strange things happen out there. Huge black bear that I saw last year that I very close to one of the cameras we put up. So I'd like to see if he's still there because that'd be a good fall bear to get. He'd be big in the fall. Yeah. I feel like that's that's got to be like the only bear bear out in that area. Oh no, you don't think so? No, we just never seen a ton of. I mean, have we really seen a ton of tracks there? No, or none. Yeah, right. Yeah, but they there's a. But ranch. you you found out this when we went out there to put up cameras how much you really don't right. see right just like try. without getting on getting on your boots and yeah, yeah that's. They're pretty. They're gonna walk the same trail every time. Well, we saw Riley and I saw a Bobcat when you were passed out. Oh yeah, that was right when I bought that new forty-five, and Ramsey was sleeping in the back, and I made you stop. I saw a Bobcat run up one of those rocks oh, on yeah. on uh, the apple tree side. I'm sure there's a lot of Bobcats in there. It's all it's ran all into one of the rocks, rim rock, and there's that's rapids. Where I'd like there. to start trapping because there's a lot of rim rock. Like, well, I guess I'll go with you boys and help you set out so you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, there's miles of rim rock, mm-hmm. and it's all in a big bowl with water down in the bottom of it. A lot of feed. Got to find bobcats. You got to find feed. You got to find the rabbits and stuff. And the brush. Rabbits. I like the brush. Do you know the the funny part about that is is we've seen rabbit tracks, but have you ever seen a rabbit out there? We almost ran one over on the ranger, uh, or one of you guys did when you were driving. Ramsey, when we were driving in. I thought oh, that was yeah. a gopher. No, it was a rabbit. It was. But I, when we go there in the wintertime. It's like a super highway of rabbit tracks. Really? Yeah. Never seen them, though. It's weird. Yeah. Well, if you got the feed, you got the animals. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite story, hunting story with your dad or guiding story? He's thinking, folks, from a second here. <laughs> I think the best story, I got a trapping story, is I was trapping with Trapper Dave and we were getting our line set out. This is probably 15 years ago now. And uh, I'm set in one spot and Dave's set in the other and I hear him yelling and cussing and 
doing the Dave thing when something don't go right. So I walk over there to find out what's going on and his shoulders all the way up here, dislocated his shoulder. I'm like, oh shit, what's going on? And I just watch him and he put his arm between his legs and he just sat back real quick and popped his shoulder back in. But it was still a big bulge there. He didn't get it all the way in. Like, well, let's go. We we have to four wheeler back or we we're on snowmobile. Machines. We got a snowmobile up back out. And he's like, God damn it, go finish your set. Whatever, it ain't my shoulder. So I'm like, okay. So I start digging my hole and he's like, oh, God damn it, we gotta go. I'm hurting. This hurts. We gotta go. So we go all the way back to camp on snow machines. We get inside his old Dodge pickup, the blue one that's out there. And I'm going and he's getting pissed off at me. And I'm in like four low, just creeping. And he's like, God damn it, slow it down. I'm like, well, I can't slow down anymore. We're crawling. But every time I hit a little bump in that non-suspension pickup, his shoulder would go up in the air and come back down. And uh, we get back, and, of course, he don't go to the doctor. And that shoulder bugged him. It still pops on him every now and again. Yeah, like when we were loading the freezer. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys dropped that on me. I think you should have just watched. Four big guys, and he thinks he has to give it one final push with nobody else on there. <laughs> just to get it over the, the little lip on the truck. That's yeah. your favorite story, huh? One where your dad busted his shoulder. Yeah, it was pretty epic because he still, even though his shoulder was bad, he still got his line out the next day. He still went back out. How did you bust your shoulder up? I slipped on a rock and landed on my elbow, and it just popped the socket up on top. And I, put, I see all kinds of little stars when you do that. I can imagine. I bet, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't feel good, I can tell you that from experience. Trying to set a trap, jeez. It was rough. Then when I was a kid... He never used to shoot nothing because you'd have to sew it or wash it. He just set a trap, but every time he got something, he just he had a little club and he just club him over the head. And I'm walking and I walk right into this goddamn trap and I get my shoes stuck in there. He turned around, I thought he was gonna hit me with that goddamn club. I was so scared he was gonna knock my ass out with that club. And he was nice enough to take my foot out, but it was just a little number two trap. I mean, it, like it ain't gonna hurt you or anything, but. <laughs> The hell are you walking in the set for? That's what he said. I was like seven. <laughs> well, so it probably went all the way around your foot then. No, I just took no. it. had like tennis shoes or something on it. Of course, when he put the, when it went off and he stepped out, well, he stepped out of his shoe too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just scared he was going to club me. But you never <laughs> did that again, though. Nope. Good life lessons. <laughs> Learned his lesson then. <laughs> what do you got? And I have a new hunting story that I never told. Oh, I got one loaded up if you need to think. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So I'll tell you about the time. My first run in with an elk during rifle hunting season. So I was up in the West Mountains where we go. And I was walking with my good friend Riley. And... The plan was not me, not, not this, Riley. I'm not his good friend. No. So that's how your first, <laughs> that was your first clue. It wasn't him, but, um, so there was one spot that we always hiked up into cause you know, there's a 20% chance that there's going to be elk there 5% of the time <laughs> <laughs> and we call it hell hill. Um, so I was, I mean, it was one of those weekends where. I took Friday and a Monday off, and we were going to be up there for four days. Well, we'd hike that hill three days in a row, and it's not a fun hike. There's a reason we call it Hell Hill. I mean, it's straight up almost crawling on all fours. And so I got on my Onyx, and I was looking at it, and there's an old, like, three miles above that. Because once you get on top of Hell Hill, it just kind of goes straight it's up. It's like a false peak. Yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of like a plateau, and then it keeps going up. Well, I was looking on my map, and there's an old logging road like three miles above it where you could come down into it. I'm like, well, why don't we send half the crew up the hill, and we'll come down the hill. We'll start before them so we kind of meet at the top around the same time. And they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And I'm thinking in my head, oh, yes, it's going to be all downhill to the truck. You know, I don't have to do any hiking uphill. And so me and my buddy, we're walking, and, like a hundred yards off the road, here comes this big five by five mule deer. And I mean, this thing is, it, 
there's no way it could have ever saw us because we were standing still when it ran by dead sprint and this thing comes running right by me and i'm like huh this might be the place to be you know there's actually animals up here <clears throat> we keep walking and it's pretty funny we're coming up to this big fallen log i mean this thing's probably six foot in diameter and all of a sudden this black thing just comes shooting out from behind it and i pull my gun and by the time i realized what it was it was a freaking cow (laughs) i'm really glad i didn't shoot that and i bet it wasn't five minutes after that happened we're walking down an old logging road walking down the middle of the road and all of a sudden riley stops like and he's right in front of me so i don't i can't see what's in front of him and i kind of like peek around and here's this uh, three or four point raghorn standing 75 yards right in the middle of the road right in front of us so i'm like standing behind him and i know he can't move because the thing's looking right at him and i load my gun and i peek around the side and for whatever reason i can't leave my scope alone it was a three by nine scope and when i'm up there i should always have it on three power because i mean you're in the trees you know everything you're going to see is within 70 to 100 yards you don't need to be higher than three power this thing's dialed in all the way to nine so i pull up and i'm like searching and searching i see brown and i pull a trigger and i hit the tree next to it it was the tree not the elk that i saw the brown (laughs) on god son of a bitch well and then we had a that that instance when you uh warren and i were up there uh archery hunting we got to our spot and ranged the trees, you know, and got a. We were sitting there cow calling and got had a good idea of where elk would come in. And I mean, Warren was up behind me. I was here. You were about ten feet to my right, and we're sitting there. And I'm reaching in my backpack to grab like a granola bar or something. And we just hear stuff breaking through the trees right in front of us. And we're like, I stopped, and I'm like, I look up like this, and Ramsey's got his binos up, and he's just like staring in the trees. So I put my backpack down and I, I had my tripod set up with my binos on it. And I was just looking through those trees, looking through those trees, and I'm just panning through. And all of a sudden, I just see this doe's face staring at me at probably 200 yards. Oh, I don't even think it was that far. It was probably like 80 yards. And oh, that was that was so. And then there was probably five, six, seven of them in yeah. there. We got, we all were just real excited. And well, I don't even think Warren really. I don't think he ever knew they were there until no. we told him they were there. He's like, oh, really? I think he was sleeping. He's pretty good at that. He can act like he's awake better than most. Well, that same trip, we took a nap under that tree for two hours. And then when he went to take a, a shit when we were in that upper field. Oh, yeah. So me and Sean are like in on this elk. I mean, this thing is just busting through the trees, and we're sitting here cow calling on it. and. Here comes dad just just walking right through the middle of the field. And I sit there and I turn and look because he's literally like in between us and the elk. And I'm doing this. And he's like. He looks at us and he's like. (laughs) He just drops down. crawls behind the tree. We're like, Jesus Christ. Who brought this guy? Oh, and I think both of you guys lost an arrow on that trip. (laughs) I lost an arrow because I was shooting at squirrels. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was. It's kind of like a Riley story when you put him in a deer blind to shoot a whitetail and you don't know the difference between a whitetail and a cow. Gets caught by a cow elk uh, that, with his pants happen. down. That did happen. A long time ago, but it did happen. It was a long time ago. Yes, it was. God, how old were you then? Probably 17. 17 or 18. Yeah. <laughs> All of 10 years ago. No, I got an elk down. No, you don't. You're shooting whitetails. So I'm putting pictures of what whitetail and cow elk look like. Yeah. There's a you lot leave of stories little, like that. Leave him a little brochure in the <laughs> ranger so he knows what different animals look like. That was a nice cow, though. A lot of stories about Riley leaving a spot that he shouldn't. Yeah, we definitely definitely discussed we've, that. We've touched on those. <laughs> and then when you don't leave the spot, then somebody drives up in the ranger and ruins it anyway. So we did I just, just think I'm unlucky, lucky, unlucky. <laughs> I definitely got the hunting luck between the two of us. I'm definitely. Definitely so what's your one. favorite hunting story? They're all good. There's no one favorite. Did you shoot that bull above you? No, I did not. You didn't? Tyler shot that Tyler bull. Tyler got that. Okay. 
he was still in high school and he'd bring that in he said do you think that's a good bull i said totter you may not ever get another 380 bull yeah, no kidding. It's a nice bull. It is. It's a nice bull. He shot that somewhere else, or he shot it? He shot it across the river from where we hunt. Mm. Oh yeah, there's a lot of good deer in here. And if I Any remember those years, Matt? him telling the story, like they didn't even think the he got it, one, right? And the right. third one, he said, "No, oh, I think I'm, I got it." And he was walking and off. One right behind you. Went down, found him. What's the story on this goofy looking one? Which one? The middle one. The three point. Oh, the pitchfork deer. Yeah, I hadn't shoot. We'd come up on what we told Drop Tine Ridge, and these deer are up there, and that's that's a good buck. And so I popped him. That was the last one I shot for years. That is a cool looking deer. What's the what's the oldest animal in here? Probably that one. Well, yeah, it had the to oldest been, mount. Yeah, it had to have been before his twenty seven years. Yeah, right. twenty nine years ago he shot that. Wild. What's the last elk you shot? No, probably about three years ago. Shot a cow. Yeah. You shot any big bulls? No, no. No, they look at me and I just, uh, yeah, I'll let you go. You, you, it ain't time. I had Tyler up there one day. We was hunting elk and we wouldn't even hunt thirty minutes and call this bull in and that bull wasn't ten or fifteen yards from us and. And the bull's looking at me, and I'm thinking, God, come on, Tyler, let, let let the arrow go. I mean, this is a good bull. His release didn't work. Mm. So apparently that bull just wasn't meant to be shot that day. Mm. That's just like the one that Matt was just referencing when he drove up on the Ranger, and I had him like 30 yards. Just just wasn't <clears throat> meant to be. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know, another two seconds, and you probably had him. Yeah, I would have much rather had the other one that I shot. But. How big was that bull that you, in that story? In the first one? Where Matt busted it with the... Uh, he's like a raghorn four or five or something like that. Big enough for me. Yeah. Right. Good first bull. Anyway. Yeah, I've been stoked. Boy, that, like I said, the second one was uh, yeah. much bigger. <laughs> was that your that archery bull in the studio? Was that your first bull? Yeah. Archery. Yeah. Yep. First archery bull. Yep. yep. Did you do a whole lot of bow hunting? No. No. No, pretty much rifle man till started bow hunting, but then I haven't I haven't shot one with an arrow yet. They get too close and they just look at you know, eh, nah, not today. Yeah, you just like to take your bow for a walk anymore. Yeah, I do. Did you shoot that that bear that was in Alaska? Was that like a like a boat in? You boat uh, in yeah, neighbor over here, his brother lives out of Ketchikan, so we'd fly into Ketchikan and spend the night and then his brother uh Dave would come in and get us the next morning and and then it's about a four or five hour ride in a boat. And we get off at a little place called Hollis and we unload his truck and everything. And it's 92 miles to a little place called Nockety. Then we get in his little boat and it's three and a half hours the island he lives on. And uh, the only uh, big game around that country there where he's at on Marble Island is black bear and black-tailed deer. And a lot of big bear. That's a good bear, but they're, they shot some a lot bigger ones than that. There are quite a few bear up there. Oh, yeah. This one weighed probably about 550, Oof. but they've shot some that are 700 pounds. Did you shoot him out of a boat, or were you guys hiking? No, uh, we. You, the only way you can do in Alaska hunt them bays. Right. And we just see him, and I pulled off, and we got within probably 100 yards of him, and I got him. Then you guys had to wait for the tide to come back in. The tide you? was coming, in which we were lucky. Oh. Because you can't hardly drag them. Bears are just like jello. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're weird because you can't like when you have a like a deer, you can at least grab a leg, yeah, or a horn. But the bear, like I was trying, I remember I was trying to drag mats, and like the fur just slips through your yeah. hand if you try to grab their hand. And then of course the claws will don't feel super good no. either. But but yeah, they're tough to pack out. Well, when you get them that perfect size, they're they're not too bad to pack out. There ain't no way we'd have thrown that one over our shoulders though. Well, gorilla like you can handle something like that. Yeah. I probably ought to slow down one of these days, yeah, but we'll so. see. <laughs> I doubt if that's gonna happen. Did you uh do you think of a story yet? Um I'm I let's talk about the first time I ever um the first time I ever went waterfowling. Time that got me hooked. Mm. I was like it was like my second year hunting, so I had to be like 14 or 15, I would think. 
14, I think. And these guys at work, my dad had done worked on their foilers forever. For, and they actually like lived down the or their place was like down the street. And uh, they had some channel or ch- not even a channel. It was some creek. It can't be a creek because it's right next to the river here. But it was some waterway that went through their their property off the river, and it stayed warm. And it was just the most unreal situation ever. And I remember we drove in there. This is your this is your classic duck hunting. Like if if you've been hunting Montana for ducks the last couple of years, it's it's pretty unclassic because it's either been I don't know 50, 60 degrees and no ducks around, or the ducks are pushed through by the time like the actual good waterfowl hunting comes. But this was your classic like oh, 10 below zero duck hunt. And they had built this they built two blinds on this place. And I think you and dad went with the one guy mm-hmm. down on the and Ramsey had to have been young. Like well, if you were 10, 14, I was nine or 10. 10 or I'm guessing I was 13 or 14. He was nine or 10. And it was so cold that at one point Ramsey had to go sit in the truck because he was crying because <laughs> his toes hurt. Um, but this to this day, my first duck hunt. Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Dave was trapping when he was nine, and his toes never got cold. What the heck? <laughs> well, he was moving. He wasn't just sitting still. <laughs> I manned up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to this day, my first duck hunt was the best duck hunt I ever had in my life. We were limited out on just green heads in a matter of an hour, probably, which I've done with geese. I mean, I've, we've limited on. We've done eight limits limits of geese in 30 minutes before. Yeah, I was going to say that one where we made it to McDonald's breakfast because we limited out with eight guys that fast. That was a pretty good morning. Yeah, this valley can produce some really good. They were landing in the decoys as we were picking the decoys up. I mean, they just wanted to be in that field no matter what was there. Yeah, I wish I was more into filming back then because I would have, like, walked away from the trucks because the truck, we pulled the trucks into the decoys and there was pivots out in front of us and... There were so many geese coming over that they were just literally like you could have just sat in the back of the truck and watched them just dump in right next to the pickup. But uh, yeah, it was crazy. I just that was the first time I ever. I had I had no clue. Like, it's weird to look back on now because I've done it so much, but I had no clue what like calling was or anything like. So it was like the craziest experience, and and it was one of those days. If you're a duck hunter, you know <clears throat> these days I'm talking about where you look up in the sky. And all you see is just thousands and thousands and thousands of like high, high flying mallards. And all day long, you're just picking off singles and doubles. And, and, uh, yeah, I had one similar day to that, like eight years ago, we were at that public spot mm-hmm. and things like that. But, th- th- and it's yep. always the same kind of weather too. It's like, it's like that cloudy. It either wants to dump snow on you or it wants to be sunshine. It's like kind of right in the middle and it's just that sweet spot, man. And there was one time when we were out here because we have a blind out here um, that we had a day like that, kind of. Um, it's hard to pull, pull birds into that smaller channel in large numbers, but Dave was with us once and we pulled in like 40, <laughs> 40 or 50 mallards into the one, into that one little corner, but. Yeah, that was a crazy story because definitely ignited a passion in you. Yeah, been loving it ever since. I remember driving to, I mean, we lived five minutes from our high school, but I remember sitting in, he had a Camaro at the time, and we he'd sit in his Camaro on the drive to and from school and just wail on his duck call, just practicing <laughs> every morning. Yeah, duck and goose calling was like the one, like the one thing I didn't learn. Like I learned how to elk bugle and like coyote call and stuff from YouTube, but duck calling and goose calling was something I literally just learned from repetition. Do you ever have any unreal duck hunts down at the at the ranch? Oh well, we had ducks migration. Dogs were only about six months old. The only thing they ever chased was a stick. But when they start shooting ducks and stuff, hey, those dogs are bailing off six and eight foot bluffs and they swimming out there getting the ducks and geese and bringing them back. But they're labs. That's what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. That's kind of funny. I, I'm talking about those cloudy days where the mallards are just you can see them all day long. Another time I remember that was the time I was sitting in, uh, in the blind and I shot that cow. 
because the whole time I was just like, oh my God, the duck hunting here has got to be unreal because you're just <laughs> sitting in that blind and it's just mallard after mallard after mallard just yeah. coming over. But yeah. Hell, even that when we went with uh, Chad and my dad, that silage pile they had where we parked the range. Oh, yeah. They we were don't just, hunt the silage pile. They were. <laughs> dumping into there and i'm like oh this would be a good place to hunt oh i've seen them so thick down in that cornfield that uh other ducks i mean you could there was no place for any ducks to land these other ducks that were coming in would swoop them and those would spook and they'd no more get off and those ducks are already setting down it's wild it's just crazy they do love their corn they do do you still make it out when you can to shoot geese with your with with your neighbor Oh yeah, oh Warren, he's uh, I think he's eighty-seven now. I mean, he's a, he just goes and goes and goes. He just still shoots a ten gauge. Really, shoots his limit every time. That's wild. But he's a he's a duck fanatic and goose fanatic, especially the geese. He loves them geese. It's a different breed of people. Yeah, he'll sit out at ten, fifteen below. It don't make a difference to him. Gonna have to get that other blind belt here pretty soon. Yeah. I think that might be kind of a game changer. Yeah. A little further up the toward the river. Yeah. Well, Matt, do you have anything while you got your dad here real quick that you want to ask him? On this episode? I don't think so. No? No. Well, we'll definitely have another another sit down with Sounds you. Sounds good. Maybe days. we'll do it out at camp next time. That would oh, be definitely. Yeah. We would love that. You'd We'd be a little more comfortable at camp, I think. Yeah. Maybe sit down on the river. Yeah. Have a fire going. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. You're speaking our language now. Yeah. <laughs> um we'd like to thank you for coming on it's been an honor um thanks for all the help you had given us for for a turkey hunt that was really awesome we really appreciate that i will do it again and uh yeah we'll we'll have you on here again and absolutely you guys you guys got any anything else as far as you know don't forget to check out the bull mountain brothers store yeah we got lots of merch left we still have shirts uh still have a few sweatshirts yeah and then by this time, I would hope that a couple, one or two episodes, some some stuff will be on YouTube by this point, I would oh, say. Yeah. So make sure to check out our YouTube channel. It's something that we're trying to get up and running. And we're getting closer and closer to uh, hunting season. So Right around uh, the corner, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It's going to get busy for us, but we're excited. Finally have some Some, some enjoyment. that we some came time. here to give you. Yeah. That's right. So, all right. Well, thanks, everybody. We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you. See you later. Two Leggings Outfitters out of Hardin, Montana is your one-stop shop for the best hunting and fishing adventures Montana has to offer. If you're looking for fishing adventures, big game hunting, bird hunting, and much more, get a hold of Dave or Patty at Two Leggings Outfitters, 406-665-2825. Book the adventure of a lifetime today. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers... Be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at bullmountainbrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.